0: Thank you, Brittany, and welcome to AVL City Church, everybody. Ten years. woo woo woo! Man, we, uh, looking back is always interesting, right, in life. Uh, and the one thing that everyone uh, has in common uh, with well, what we all have in common with one another when we look back is simply this. Time flies. <laughs> Time flies. Everything moves so fast. it's It's incredible. And so yeah 10 years um honestly we are uh i'm gonna move this out of the way because it's very tempting to pop <laughs> i uh honestly we did not know that we would last this long as a church i said this i said this last uh last week thanks jerry i said this last week See, he <laughs> he's like it's still too tempting I said this last week, but um, about 96% of the churches end up dying here in Asheville. This, this soil is like so, so hard. So many families have been destroyed that we're trying to reach our city. And so, um, if we would have known that, we would never have started out of avl city church honestly if we would have known a lot of what we know now we probably would not have we just like latch on to another church and say you you guys plow we will just ride on behind you and support you and um it's really tough the soil in our city is really really tough and um our city is dark Um, and what makes it worse is that many christians are just um sterile we are we get offended when someone asks us to move In the things of God. We get offended when someone asks us to join a team and serve. We get offended when someone asks us to be part of a small group. We especially get offended when someone asks us to give financially. "Ah, ah, ah." Yeah, you do it. Go ahead. Try to reach your city and see what kind of a position you will face. Spiritual, practical, human, specifically. Um, People are no fun. (laughs) They could be. They should be, but a lot of times they're they're no fun. And if you own a business, you know what I'm talking about. The turnover for your business is like, what in the world? You know, everything was going so good, and then it's like everything explodes. And you're like, man, if only we can have the right people in play, then things would be so smooth. I agree with you. If only the Christians would live out what they are called to do. If only the Christians would stand up and stand how they're supposed to stand. uh, We would be amazing across the church all spectrums of life and especially church and i would be a much blessed pastor but unfortunately i have you guys and you guys are awesome and so i am blessed (laughs) because you guys are awesome uh so i hope you give more financially hope you hope you buy all of the merchandise that we have, and, and that's the thing I, I love that Brittany mentioned it um, is that uh, when we buy things here, it's, financial is a big part of any church, um, but it's not the most important. People are a big part of it, but they're also not important, like most important. It's a combination of all these things working together. Um, that you, that, so, our heart f- to reach our city has to be one that's that's the biggest thing we have to um have the same desire to reach our city and then step into the vision that comes the closest to how we would like to see that uh, come to pass and that's what that's why there's so many churches in our city everyone is wanting to reach our city and um and everybody has their own way of doing it and so we we're just one expression of of jesus in our city and we are a good one at that if i say so myself Um, I'm sarcastic, and I'm from Ukraine, and those two not always go together really well. So if you're new here, forgive us, and we apologize in advance. Ephesians chapter 1, verses 17 and 18, and this is going to be in the message translation. Ephesians chapter 1, verses 17 and 18. What I want to do this morning is share a little bit about our vision and mission, um, and specifically uh, dive into a little bit of what our 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 vision statement is and what it really means, because it's really it's it's at the heart of who we are as a church and um, the direction that we're going, the direction that we're going into. Um, There is a story of how our church started uh, back in 2010 when when we had an encounter with God, and we're actually creating a um, a course. Hopefully, we'll release here in the next couple of weeks that we're going to invite every one of our people here to go through. It's called the God Through You course. Um, And it actually has, um, has a story that I've rarely shared of how our church came to be and what triggered us doing this. So I'm not going to share it this morning, um, but here in a couple of weeks, we'll, we'll, we will let you know when you guys could sign up for that, and I'd encourage and invite everyone to to sign up for that whenever we're ready for it. <laughs> and one final thing before we get the scripture up. Uh, I, you know, our purpose here is is to be a people immersed in God's presence. That's why we exist, that's why we gather, and we don't always know how that's going to Come out in service. Sometimes God takes over the service and I don't get to speak. And every Sunday it's like, God, what do you want to do here? Not that his word is not important. It's vital. It's the standard. But without God's presence, it's just words. God's presence makes the words come alive. You know, because this book, people can, you know, say, oh, the Bible, don't, don't do anything with it. You can burn this book, but the words will remain. Because it's not about the physical, the tangible. It's about God's word and God's breath. His presence in those words. And so, um, and so for, for, for us, every weekend we're like, God, what do you want to do here? Because I know that you guys don't show up to hear me speak. Okay, maybe you do. I hope you do. Just joking. Just joking. <laughs> <laughs> Told you I'm from Ukraine. This would fly really well in Ukraine. Um, but many times we think we, we were coming for the sermon, we think we're coming for the music. We think we're coming for uh, the fellowship, and, and, and that may be the case for, for you, but the reality is what, um, what God is steering in, in our hearts is to say that what we need to, and the reason that we need to show up is for his presence. That's what we show. We want God to touch us. We, you don't want my words to just be spoken. Like, all right, another good sermon. No, all of us, we want a touch from God. Whether it's through the song, it's through prayer, it's through the message, it's through fellowship. Ultimately, we want, and not only we want, but we need a touch from God. That's what we're craving. That's what we're desiring. And, we're, we're, and our purpose is to, or our method is to try to cultivate an environment where we can experience that. We want God to show up. And so we do have a plan. Um, we have everything that one would want in order to make things structured Um, but we also invite the Holy Spirit to show up and wreck everything. And it's beautiful when he does, because lives are changed. Lives are transformed when he shows up. And so, Father, I thank you for showing up. I thank you for not withholding your presence from your people. God, I pray that our hearts are softened more and more to receive from you, to be touched by you. God, let us not leave this place unchanged. God, let us not leave this place unimpacted. Father, I invite you to break the hardness of our hearts, to convict us, Father, convict us, embolden us, stir us, speak to our hearts, God. And we invite you and we thank you. We thank you, Father, we thank you. Ephesians 1. Verses 17 and 18, we read this. I ask the God of our master, Jesus Christ, the God of glory, to make you intelligent and discerning in knowing him personally. Your eyes focused and clear so that you can see exactly what it is he's called you to do. Grasp the immensity of this glorious way of life he has for his followers. And there's a ton here in this verse, but I just want to kind of talk about two things. And uh, this verse is a big aspect to our church's existence because it, really, it talks about two big ideas in this verse. And that is one, is for us to know, for us to know God personally. And some version says, says to continue to know him, to know him more. I think it's such a beautiful, um, it's beautifully said because sometimes we think that we already know him. And I'm here to tell you that there's always going to be more to know. There's always going to be deeper levels to go with him. And many times he's not the one that caps it, but we are. Many times we are the ones that say, God, I know you, you've moved, and I'm good with that, and I'm content. And I hope tonight, or I hope this morning, that we are shaken from being content with knowing God. Because we can know him more and more and more. And when we know him more and more, he will reveal to us what he has called us to. Many times we do things in life because other people want us to do them. Your parents or your upbringing, or maybe you just, this is the only thing that you know what to do. Maybe it's an, you know, you're, you've inherited a specific, a specific set of skills that you feel like you're obligated to do X, Y, Z because your parents or your grandparents um, did that thing and that's all that you know to do. And that may be what God is calling you to do and to be, but maybe not. Maybe God has something more significant for you, something that's specifically tailored to you. And because we're just running with what we already have and don't pause to ask God, God, is this what you want me to do? Like if you were to ask God, God, the thing that I'm doing, the place that I'm clocking in and out of, the business that I'm a part of, the business that I'm running, is this what you want me to do? And it's easy to look at your coworker and they're thriving maybe, but God is saying, And God wants us to ask is, is this what he wants you to do? And what's crazy about that question is that we question whether God wants us to do something based on the success of the thing that we're doing. If it's successful, we're like, obviously God wants us to do this. Does he? And if things are challenging and hard, obviously God does not want us to do this because it's challenging. The doors are not flinging wide open. So we have boxed God in based on the version of success that we think we should have and having that be the determining factor of whether or not he has called us to the thing that we're walking in or doing. Imagine if God this morning told you that the thing that you're doing, which is super successful, God's like, that's not for you. What would you do? God is interested in every aspect of our life. Sometimes the pressures of our life overwhelm us. And we cave in. And we throw our hands up. And we begin to we stop trusting God. And I'm telling you, one thing that I've learned from pastoring and serving these 10 years is that things don't turn out how you have envisioned them to turn out. And every day you question whether this is what God wants you to do. Because of people again. I'm just joking. There are some things that come easy. And then there are some things that God has called you and I into. Sometimes they come together and it works flawless and it's beautiful. But that's not what normally happens. When God calls us, there's always going to be challenges. Because God always wants us to grow and God always wants us to trust him. If it was easy, then we would detach from trusting Him and trust in our own efforts. And too many people are living like that. They found their stride and they're comfortable, and Satan has them right where He wants them. And and then they begin to slip back into what God has plucked them out of. Comfort is your enemy, not your blessing. But when we go after God with everything that we have on a regular basis, whenever we take everything that we're doing and put it before him and and ask God, is this what you want me to do? Then we develop a deeper relationship with him. And you may be right where you should be. So just because things are good, it does not mean that God is not calling you to be a part of it. God's mission for you is not to always send you to Africa. But God has wired us in a beautiful way so that we can fulfill what he has called us to do. And we just don't spend enough time discovering what that is. And more importantly, we don't spend enough time discovering him This is a, a brutal heart check for some of us because the last time we visited whether the last time we visited this question of whether we're doing what God wants us to do was when we first started doing the thing that we're currently doing and maybe God has called you into what you were doing but now the season has shifted and the season has changed. And, um, and I would hate for any of us to miss what God has for us. I would hate for any of us to do life and not doing it around God's calling on our life. So this verse, this, this passage is, is fundamental because God has given us Exactly what he, what we need in order to fulfill what he is calling us into. And so our church is really big on discovering how you are wired. And we have tools set up that could help you discover what is it that God placed within you. Because whatever God placed within you is a doorway to what he is calling you to do. That was said that he has equipped us with everything. It means that you already have everything you need to do what he has called you to do. Think about that. He has equipped you with everything you need. And how many of us are chasing the things that we're lacking so that we can do what God is calling us to do? God's like, I've given you everything. Know me. Show up with me. Let's talk about this. Let's explore who I am. Let's explore explore what I have given you. What does it look like? So our vision here at Avial City Church is to see God through you. To see God through you. And we shorten it to God through you. This is a very loaded statement because there's a lot of moving pieces to God through you. And I want to touch on it just a little bit this morning. But I do want to read our mission is to inspire you to discover your maker and to step into all that you are made for. That's our mission. Our purpose, as I said earlier, is to be a people immersed in God's presence. That's why we gather. That's why we, why, that's why we do everything, is so that we can be immersed, not just on Sunday, but in our workplace, in our families, in our social gatherings. And yes, while even watching football. Even if your team loses, even if they've been losing ever since you joined the, that bandwagon, Let not God's presence leave you during those games. Um, <laughs> our method is to intentionally design environments to experience spiritual and practical growth. And I know that all of these things we can dive into, and I'm not going to this morning. I just wanted you to know kind of what is AVL City Church, what we stand for. And I really, really want to zero in on our vision, which is God through you. Um, see, culture, is, um, is I, it either happens by default Or it happens by design. And so what we don't want to do is we don't want our feelings and our upbringings or the standards of our society to take the lead. So our goal is to intentionally and consistently create the culture that we want to see, which is based on our vision, mission, and and how we do things and our purpose. I love what Matthew writes because Jesus commissioned us to, to be proactive. He commissioned us to step into something. And it's always a challenge because it's a verse that we know. But it's quite difficult to walk it out. Because we all have our version of what this may look like. And this is found in Matthew chapter 28 verses 18 through 20. And there are a lot of different versions of this passage. The one that I really stumbled upon that I really like that I think it actually speaks A little bit more clear as to this command is in the ISV version, and it says this, all authority, this is verse 18, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me, Jesus is saying, all authority has been given to Jesus, this is after his resurrection, therefore, basically saying, because all authority has been given to me, therefore he he could say and ask us to do the, the thing that he's getting ready to ask us to do. Therefore, as you go, disciple people in all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything that I've commanded you, and remember, I'm with you each and every day until the end of the age. I love this version because it just doesn't say, go and make disciples, because when we hear go and make disciples, what this means to us sometimes is that we have to stop doing what we're currently doing. We have to... Get on God's work and leave the worldly work. And here we don't believe that there's a distinction for those of us who are Christian. There is no sacred and worldly work. Wherever you go is sacred because you're there. Wherever you go, you bring the light because you're there. Wherever you go, you bring the presence of God because you're there. And the reason that this should happen is because God is in you. God is in you. God is in you. So wherever you go, it needs to be impacted for him. And each scenario is going to look different if you're working at the hospital or a nurse or nursery home or at, at marketing, but wherever you are, wherever you find yourself, as you go applies to you. As you go applies to you. This is not some distinct calling specifically and only to engage with those who don't know him. He's calling you To as you go disciple people. And the biggest part of discipling a person is to live in what you believe. That's the launch of it. Because we can present the gospel. But if your life is contradiction, if your life is contradicting what you believe, then the people around you will latch on to how they see you live, not the words that are coming out of your mouth. It's actually easier to preach the gospel to an unknown people group and leave. We must not limit, limit God's work, but to invite him to do a deep work in us. And part of God through you is not being bypassed. Not being bypassed. It is easy for us to pray for someone else and believe for someone else. But it becomes a little bit difficult for us to believe for ourselves. It is easier for us to say, God loves you. God cares for you. Give him your life. But it's hard for us to tell us the same thing. God loves me. God cares for me. But it's easier for us to just be like, God, I know you love them, but what about me? That's a lot of times of where we live. And and so God can use you and flow through you. And at the same time, bypass you. So in order for God to truly work through you and me, we invite him to, work, to do a deep work in us. God's desire is for the whole world to come to the knowledge of Jesus' saving grace. But his deeper desire is for you to know him. We can allow God to do good works through us and at the same time keep God from doing the necessary work in us. Outside our um, intimate, intentional, and daily relationship with God, our works are meaningless. The Bible says it this way, if you save the whole world but you lose your soul, what does it profit you? If you save hundreds of marriages but you lose your own, what does it profit you? If you gain thousands and hundreds of thousands of dollars, but you have no relationship with your family, what does it profit you? It always costs us something when we prioritize it above everything else. And the beautiful thing about this is that what Jesus offers must go beyond the Sunday experiences. It must go beyond conferences and worship nights. It has to go into our homes and our schools and our workplaces. And so really briefly, because my time, well, this is my time. I can do whatever I want with it. So, and thank you for laughing because, you know, like I said, you guys are awesome people. Because you laugh at all my jokes. Um, God through you could be divided into three parts. And I won't go into details of all those three parts. But the first one I already kind of touched on. And that is really the first one is to know the Lord. To know the Lord. So the obvious question is, do you know the Lord? It Seems like a redundant question. But do you really know the Lord? Uh, I love that this knowing is not just an intellectual knowledge. This knowing is not just information or just informative. It's not knowing that. God exists somewhere out there, that God is the creator and the ruler. He's the deity. But it's the knowing that you know he hears when you're sobbing and no one's around. That he's close to you when you're walking through the valley of the shadow of death. That just by calling his name, you know he's there. That when you cannot rely on anyone else, you can rely on him. It's an intimate knowing. And it doesn't come from a prayer. And it doesn't come from attending Sunday service. The intimate intimate knowing comes from Building a relationship with him it's a process and I know in our culture we have degraded and diminished intimacy we don't have time for any relationships if you're not interesting to me in three to five seconds you're gone I'm going to swipe left right And so we project it onto God. God, if you have not answered my prayer, then, well, then I'll just continue to do things and, you know, believe that you love me, but never experience his love. So, do you know him? How real is God in your sphere? I'm not talking about this morning. Maybe this morning he is super real and super present. But does he stay here when you leave or does he go with you? You could be religious and still not know him. Knowing God requires us to walk with him. for us to walk with him requires us to sacrifice part of our day to spend time with him. So to know him, to know him more deeply. John 17 3 says this, and this is eternal life. To know you the only true God and the one whom you sent, Jesus, the Messiah. The second aspect of God through you is to discover or step into your calling. And I already touched on this as well. God made us with personalities, he has given us spiritual and physical gifts, and he's also given us places with opportunities so that we can live out our calling. So God has called each and every one of us, but the question is, what did he call us to and what do we bring to the table? There's something in each and every one of us that the world is missing. And either you are putting it on display or you're hoarding it. And whenever you don't release what God has given you, He cannot give you more. Second Peter 1 3 says this His divine power has given us everything we need to for life and godliness through the full knowledge. Of the one who called us by his own glory and excellence. This the second part of God Through You. And I want to invite our worship team to come up. And the third part of this God Through You vision is to make disciples. And here's the important detail. But to make disciples by becoming one yourself. When we think of going into all the world, we think of what's happening here. Give me a mic, give me the Bible and let me teach you, let me declare to you, let me let me let me lead you. Let me no 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 no. Discipleship goes back to following someone closely. It goes back to spending time with your teacher, with your master, with your rabbi. Not anyone could be Jesus' disciple. Rabbis would call individuals out to be their disciples. But just because you are called out to be a disciple, it doesn't mean you are. You have to accept that calling and step out. And for, um, and, and for that to happen in, in Jesus' day, that means that they would have to, watch this, abandon and forsake everyone and everything. Their comfort zone, their house, their work, everything. They have to leave everything, sacrifice everything, put everything on the line and completely submit to their master. We see this happening with Jesus' disciples as well. He called them. They left their nets. For us, it's unmanageable. We think like, oh, we're just going to follow God spiritually. We're going to follow God simply and conveniently. But you understand that When Jesus called out the the disciples, they had to leave their livelihood. It cost them everything. And I think that's why we could say a prayer and not be moved. And we can believe, And, and and I love to say this because it's true, but sometimes we have, we have diminished God's plan for our life to a prayer and to belief. Just believe, I believe. James writes, so do demons. What differentiates you from demons? Jesus doesn't invite us to believe, he invites us to be his disciples. But in order for you to be his disciple, you have to walk through the doorway of belief. So, demons are not disciples of Jesus. But they believe, and they don't even believe because, I mean, it's not about putting your trust in him. They see, they know, they're in his presence. And that's why they tremble. Growth is the ingredient. To being Jesus' disciple, not just believing. Growth is a process and will also confront us with the change that we will need to make. Growth is a result of us spending time with Jesus on a daily basis. So true discipleship flows out of a multiplicity of influences, some smaller, some greater. What that basically means is that, that, that it's not just isolated to you spending time with jesus but that's a huge piece discipleship is broad gatherings like this is part of discipleship praying being part of a uh, cruise it's part of discipleship serving is part of discipleship giving is part of discipleship but primarily when you go and you show up with god you and god and he teaches you and he guides you and he shows you when you spend time with him being at his feet this is where you get the, the acceleration of growth because you're, 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 you're not gonna need to go through a preacher or through a pastor or through another person to get to Jesus and to learn from him. It's fine, it's, it's a healthy to learn from other people's interaction with God. But God is saying, you go have your own. Get your own revelation. Get your own relationship. That's how this works. And it's a beautiful invite because the time that this was all set up, God and mankind would never touch because mankind is evil and the gods that people followed were so divine it would never steep down to our level and jesus said yeah because they're all fake gods but i'm the real god and i'm the lord of all the lords and what i will do is i will become man and be part of the dust and the dirt that i've created i will walk with them I will teach them, I will guide them, I will show them, I will prophesy over them. I will speak life into their situations. I will authorize them, I will send them out. And I will ask the Father who will send the spirit to continue whenever I go back into my glory. So the discipleship continues. We teach what we believe. But we reproduce what we are. So for me, church is this massive thing that God has established. And that nothing and no one will ever destroy it. Yes, they will come against it, but they will fail. God's church is international. International. It's not just a group of specific people in one place. It's a public display of God's, specifically of Jesus. It's a representation of Jesus. That's what the church is supposed to be. We're supposed to represent Jesus to our city. And he has set up a beautiful plan to do that. And he has empowered us. And if you're missing out, it's because you have not stepped into it. And so I want to invite you as we celebrate our 10 years of going after God, growing with him, seeking his guidance and direction. God, we're here again after so many trials and tribulations as a church. So many attacks that were known and unknown. We still remain because you have purposed for us to remain.